Hey, everybody, it is Trags Mike Petralia back with the latest episode of the Jungle Roar podcast, powered as always by the fine folks at FanDuel Sportsbook, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Back with me, not back with me, actually a new person to the rotation here on the Jungle Roar podcast is Marshall Kramsky doing a fantastic job in his two seasons covering Cincinnati sports, uh, doing a great job covering the Cincinnati Bengals. He does it for WCPO Channel 9 in Cincinnati. Marshall, welcome to the rotation. Thank you, Trags. First of all, I've been waiting for that call up for a while. And I know it feels like you say coming back because I feel like you and I in the press conference room while we're waiting for Zach Taylor to come, we basically have our own mini podcast every time. So it feels like we've been here before. (laughs) Yes. And just call me Captain Hook Sparky Anderson because uh, (laughs) you're on a short leash and uh, any misfires. And you as a your former picture, right, for the school and New York University, uh, the purple helped me out. The, the, the next... violence, baby. Roll yes, violence. <laughs> right. Um, the toughest but... mascot in all the college sports. I can, uh, anyway, I can use that metaphor because I knew you would understand, but I want to get right to, uh, after we get through the frivolity here of New Year's and 2024, what happened Sunday in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bengals, to me, uh, really, that game symbolized two problems that they have had all season long. First of all, the inability to gain fourth and one several times offensively, and it cost him again in the third quarter. And secondly, the explosive play, the 67-yarder to Rasheed Rice from Patrick Mahomes that set up the go-ahead field goal. The Chiefs would never trail again in 25-17 victory over the Bengals. Your thoughts on what went wrong in Kansas City on Sunday? Everything. I mean, not everything. I take that back because the defense did have spots where they looked like a good defense, that whole bend, don't break mentality. Yards don't equal points. We saw that with all the red zone field goals that Kansas City was forced to have. The defense, besides that one big play, really kept the Bengals in this game. If you eliminate that big play and pretty much all the play by Isaiah Pacheco, um, I think a lot of what went wrong was that fourth and one play. But go back one play earlier to third down. This was kind of a microcosm, I thought, about some of the things that have went wrong with the Bengals, not just this year, but some of their losses from last year, too, where you just kind of scratched your head. And this is no disrespect to Travion Williams, but why is he getting the ball there? Where's Chase Brown? Where's Chase I, Brown? I, that, that's the first thought I had, Marshall, is why is Chase Brown not getting the ball here? Now, maybe it's his simple as pass protection and they don't trust chase brown in those situations as a rookie and that may have been what it came down to but at some point you got to go with your best players and your best playmakers. and there were too many times i think this year bengal fans wondered where are the playmakers besides jamar and t and with all again all due respect to chase brown and say you don't want to give him that chance because he's a rookie or you mentioned the pass protection it's third and short why, like, you're in this position because you've done things successful this season. You have Joe Mixon, whether or not you agree that he should have the football, that's right. been your plan this year. You have screen opportunities to Jamar. T. Higgins was back in the game at that point. Like, you have guys who can make plays. Even guys, Andre Yoshivas, not saying he was even on the field then, but, like, they have gone to him earlier in the year in less critical situations. So you build that confidence for these moments. Or... Hudson, or what are the tight ends? I just, no disrespect to Travion Williams, but that was his first meaningful carry since, I don't know, like week five. 
like like nah. When he was Listen. yelled at, by, by the way, when he was yelled at by Joe Burrow, you do remember. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And again, this isn't shade at Travion. This is shade at play calling. Yes. Like, and like and, and personnel. Two things, Marshall. And personnel. Personnel and play calling. When Bengal fans watch that game, they're like, oh, okay. Why aren't we having our best players in the game? The same issues came up, uh, you know, when Chase Brown first came back. I believe it was against the Houston Texans, and uh, he never got the ball. And yeah. and it was uh, Brian Callahan and, to a lesser extent, uh, Zach Taylor saying, well, we never got to that part of the offense to get in the ball. I'm like, what does that even mean? You didn't get to that – you want to put your best player in position, your best players in position to make big plays. And too often this year, I think Bengal fans scratch their heads and go, why is that personnel in there? Yes. And I have one, the only part, maybe the only part of the offense that I think gives you a little more flexibility with Jake Browning than Joe Burrow is the idea that Browning, let him sneak in on fourth down. Let him, and I know that that particular defense that probably would not have worked. Right. But the idea of these X and short plays, no, you don't want any of your players hurt. But you're very, you're, you don't want to do a QB sneak nowadays with Joe Burrow, especially with that contract and his health issues he's had. But Jake Browning, go for it. Like right. there's, there's, I, I, yes, you make all the right points when it comes to the head scratching with Chase Brown. Like they never got to that part of the offense. Pretty and you're right. It's play calling and personnel, but to me the two go hand in hand because the play caller needs to know their personnel. So if the play caller knows who's in the game and who's doing what, get the ball to the best player in the biggest point of the game. And could, Jamar Chase even said in the post game, "Man, I wish we could take the field goal there." Okay, yes, and there was some uncomfortableness, if uh, if you don't mind me using that word, with a couple of the offensive linemen when they were asked about that play mm -hmm. and they kind of no commented, meaning why were we in that personnel? Why were we going when we all, the, all of that, uh, all of the offensive linemen knew what was coming. Orlando Brown, Ted Harris, Cordell Volson, Alex Cap, they all knew what was happening over the A-gap. Well, why don't you switch out of it? And that is something going forward in 2024, I think the Bengals with Joe Burrow, maybe with Joe Burrow in there, they switch out of that play at the very worst. They call timeout. But at yeah. some point, you've got to find a way to get one yard. And maybe I misinterpreted it, but when Jake Browning was asked about that in the post game, his answer was something to the effect of, you know, I'm giving the play, we got to run and we got to run it. And Maybe I misinterpreted it, but to me, that kind of seemed like, and Jake's given all the right answers, in my opinion, yeah, this year. absolutely. And in this moment, it was kind of like, well, you, you, you keep saying the coachings have confidence in you. You keep saying that, you know, the offense is your offense right now, that you, you have confidence in yourself. You're a veteran in this league. You, you played winning football. Why aren't you making the decision to switch out of it if everyone saw it? I, I don't know. It was it was a head scratching and it was a microcosm of the issues this season and some of the losses from last season. Hey, football fans, score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. That's $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. 
That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than now to get in on all the action. And the app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and get in on all of the fun action this NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 and present in Massachusetts, hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager is required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit is required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, uh, let's move on to Jamar Chase. Sure. He made the comments going after Legereus Sneed. Not really going after Legereus Sneed. That's incorrect. He engaged Legereus Sneed <laughs> and dissed the rest of the secondary, saying there's nothing special about him when he was asked what stands out about this Kansas City defense. And he said, "To be, if you want me to be honest, not much. Jamar Chase all week knew what he was doing trying to rile up the Chiefs defense. He knew what we he was doing when the game got started and he was riling him up. Legere, going after Legereus Sneed, who Jamar said, Marshall, that he wanted to fight him but didn't really want to fight him. In other words, pick a fight but don't fight the fight. And I found that hilarious. And there's just so much about Jamar Chase that I appreciate. And his bravado and his confidence is part of the package. And I think if you're a Bengal fan, you have to embrace that. And if you're a Bengal teammate, if you're a coach uh, coaching Jamar Chase, you have to embrace that that's who Chase is. If you're a football fan, you have to love him. I mean, the fact that this guy goes out there, has no problem saying how he feels. He wants to get other pe- under other people's skin. It makes it the best reality television in the world. It, it does. And he does it with a purpose. He's not afraid. He Jamar Chase, you mentioned the word confidence. The one thing that I love about him from his off the field, obviously on the field, he does dazzling things that make you love the football and all of that. Right. He does not care about literally a single person outside of his locker room when it comes to competition. That he cares about his guys. He has confidence in all 53 players on that roster. And he's going to go out there and talk whatever talk he wants because in his heart, he believes whether it's you know, smart to or not to, that they are going to go out there and play better football because they are the better players with the better plan and they will execute better. So the fact that he goes out there and does it, because few people can do that, you know, because there's only so many people who have that kind of confidence and then the play to back it up. And he's one of those guys, even though he only had, what, three catches for 41 yards against the Chiefs, he didn't bat an eyelash in the post game because he goes in, goes to bed, and if, you know, probably playing in Cleveland or whatever his case will be for the rest of the season – he knows he's going to go out there and probably do it again. And, and, his, it, and his teammates love it because I know I tweeted it out. You tweeted it out. T Higgins reaction to what <laughs> Jamar Chase said about Legereus Sneed not wanting to fight is hilarious. T Higgins is one of us watching Jamar give that interview Sunday after the game and laughing. 
And not only that, if you go back to earlier in the week, because he was only he wasn't only picking on the defense, he was asked a couple times in our media scrum about the environment at Arrowhead. Right. And so was T. Higgins back to back. We interviewed T all of us, and then we all went over to Jamar's locker. And T's like talking about it's like a college atmosphere. It's so fun. They get loud on third down. So then I took that and I meshed it together with Jamar's comments. We're like, nope, not even close to LSU. Nope. And my favorite moment from that was in one of my posts, Joseph Osai commented. Of all people to comment on Kansas City, Joseph Osai. Yeah. He comments, well, to be fair, you know, T didn't play at LSU. So he's getting involved in the discourse of college atmosphere. So not only like T Higgins is one of Jamar's best friends. We're talking about a guy on the other side of the ball, watching it and being entertained just like we are. Yes. And we should also note, um, or I'm going to note this. Part of me, when I'm watching T Higgins and Jamar Chase last week, did wonder, okay, T Higgins is being real friendly and respectful. Respectful is the right word towards Kansas City. Jamar is not. Jamar knows he's going to be with the Bengals going forward pretty <laughs> much indefinitely. T Higgins could very well wind up in Kansas City next year because the odds of T Higgins returning to Cincinnati are pretty low right now, given the dynamics with Agent David Mulligetta of Athletes First. The history with the Bengals is not good. The you know, two sides have never come to an agreement on a player contract regarding anybody sure. in, in renegotiation um, and an extension. So, you know, the thinking would be T Higgins is about to enter his final game as a Bengal. And, you know, he plays one of his final games against the Chiefs and knowing full well he could be going to Kansas City next year where they would love to have him. A receiver, let alone a top 10 receiver in the NFL. Right. But you put T. Higgins on a team with Patrick Mahomes and they'll be salivating out in Kansas City. But, you know, that's what goes through my mind when something like that happens, because the dynamic with the Bengals receivers, it's so easy and fun to read. I agree with you on all of those points you're what every one of my mentions is saying right now the only thing i would say is because i've gotten an ot outside the locker room and just the kind of yep. guy he is and the person he is he's not the guy who's going to say anything negative really about any opponent especially before that's true him. that's he's absolutely. not and he's the kind of i'm gonna kill you with love you know maybe he'll be a little quieter at points and he is a quiet guy in general but there's different ways to attack people because you know what you, you this is like an old WWE UFC kind of trick <laughs> you know, or boxing trick. You show them a lot of love and they take you a little easier. So uh, yes, what you're saying and what every Bengals fan in my mentions have said is the more likely scenario, but I will give T a little bit of a benefit of the doubt in the sense that he's not the kind of guy who's going to be like, Let's talk that talk. I'm going to drop 150 and two touchdowns on you. No, he's, he's not going to do that. He's not, that's not who he is. He's, he's a humble guy from humble beginnings. And I think, you know, he, at some level, he's a football fan too. And he appreciates the idea of going to a hostile environment and playing like he's in Clemson still. So I think you're probably right, but I just want to give him the benefit of the doubt there. A absolutely. And this that's not to diss T in any regard. He's no, a go get your to... bag, T. Go get your bag, man. Wherever you're gonna go. I mean, go he's to and he's gonna get that bag. There's no question about that. Of course. Uh, and we've loved covering the guy. He is one of the more genuine one of the most genuine uh athletes I've covered uh here in my time in Cincinnati. He's just he's just very and right. in the community all the time, always He's doing sincere. volunteer work, giving back. He's, 
Honest, he's unbelievable. Right. There's no question about that. But Jamar is that also, but just with an entirely different style. Absolutely. Two different people, and that's why they're friends, in my opinion. All right. Uh, let's move on to the secondary and what has to improve, because uh, we've hashed and rehashed what happened in Kansas city. We move on from that, but the secondary has to improve next year. Um, Growing pains this year. I think the Bengals have a very talented, but very young secondary um, starting with cam Taylor, Britt, Jordan battle, who I think is going to be sensational. Mm -hmm. I think the book's still out on Dax Hill as a safety. I think he can be a terrific corner, some type of terrific defensive back, but is he going to be Marshall Kramsky of Channel 9 in Cincinnati? Is he going to be what Jesse Bates was? <laughs> I mean, that's a million dollar question, right? Athletic, he's a better that. athlete. He's objectively a better athlete than Jesse Bates. He could be, I mean, what the Bengals secondary thinks of Dax, I remember, I will never forget. It was after the week one in Cleveland, Dax had an interception. In the post game, Cam Taylor Britt goes, you all got a flash of Dax. You don't even know what this kid's capable of. And he just said that off camera to me, off to the side. Right. I think Dax is this sensational athlete. I don't know why it hasn't fully worked out. We've seen well, the flashes. We've I seen think... the set. And I have a question too. I, before You'll give me that take. If Von Bell and Jesse Bates were on this team and they re-signed them instead of Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt, are the Bengals in the playoffs right now? Probably. But, you know, they'd have to still find reasonable replacements for Logan Wilson and, and uh, Jermaine Pratt. There's no question about that. Or Just even if they, they sign two guys. Okay. But again, with Jesse Bates, it go, comes back to David Mulligetta, his agent. That was mm -hmm. never going to happen. And if you believe some of the reporting out there, Jesse uh, was lowballed by the Bengals. And once that happened, there was no going back. And, you know, you can believe that or not believe it. It was over after the holdout. Yeah, after the whole that, that deal wasn't going to get done. So right. do they, let's say they had put that money towards Von Bell and they had Von Bell and Dax Hill back there. Would the Bengals be closer to the playoffs? Would the secondary have given up half as many explosive plays as they have? I think half's that perfect number because you take half of that great secondary for those two safeties from last year. I agree with you. I, I, I don't, I don't, not that you gave your take on this yet, but if you have bon, Von Bell and Dax Hill back there, along with Hilton and Cantilla Britton, all right. Yeah. I think, I think because the, how many games, you know, you a few games, you lose by a few points because a few big plays, you take a few of those big plays away. The Bengals right now are popping champagne, smoking cigars, clinching, I think this week. Cam Taylor Britt told us after the game on Sunday in Kansas City that we have to get our communication down. And what you saw this year was us making mistake after mistake after mistake, mostly because there there would be a side adjustment um, that some guys on defense would see, but not everybody would see, and the communication mm -hmm. didn't get around in time. That's, I think, really what happened on the Rasheed Rice 67-yarder sure. down the right sideline is Cam, look, Cam is too good of an athlete to get blown by like that. He passed them off thinking there was help. There was no help, and he was by himself. And that is something you always have to keep in mind when a play like that happens. And I believe I'm reading this report. I read this report. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Rice made the decision to run that incorrect route on his own. Like, that wasn't in the play calling. Rice saw something, 
and ran a different route. Mahomes picked up what he was doing and he hit him on that. So you'd have to imagine if, well, he's a rookie, right? A rookie wide receiver. Rasheed Rice is a rookie, correct. Rasheed Rice, a rookie wide receiver, is noticing something in a Lou Anarumo coach defense that he's like, oh, I can go expose them. I'm going to, on my own, make a decision in a wide receiver room that is under a ton of turmoil. Like, I would not want to be a wide receiver on the Kansas City Chiefs right now. Besides that, Patrick Mahomes, even me, I could get 500 yards and a touchdown in a season. Not actually, but you know. But Rasheed Rice, to be able to do that, that shows crazy, crazy. uh, Kudos to Rasheed Rice, but major problems in the Bengals secondary. And, And you go back to communication. Almost every week, I would talk to Mike Hilton, and I'd ask him, what went wrong on this player? Why? What's wrong with this? It was always two things. One, early in the year, it was tackling problems across the whole defense. And yep. he would always say, we just got to communicate better. We just got to communicate better. And then I say, well, how do you do that? He goes, you just got to communicate. <laughs> it, it, it's not rocket science, but it's crazy how difficult it is in any job. Yeah. And you, you see something, you say something, you make sure everyone else on your team that you're out on the defense with. On Sounds the- like an intro to HR right now. Like we're not solving football problems. We're solving how to talk to your coworker problems. Correct. And that's what it is though. Marshall. <laughs> that's a great point. That is exactly. I think what has been a lot of the Bengals problems this year. Um, I also think their personnel has kind of been exposed and they, this gets to one of my final points. I want to bring up with you. Uh, Marshall Kramsky joining me of channel nine in Cincinnati covering all Cincinnati sports and the Cincinnati Bengals. They're going to have to rebuild their roster through the draft, but they're also going to have to spend some money on free agents. Where do you think the split is? Where do you think the balance is? Bengals are going to be probably drafting somewhere between let's say 13 and 18, depending Mm -hmm. on how things fall out in this final weekend against the Browns. Where where would you prioritize in the draft and where would you prioritize in free agency? I think you got to go out and get that wide receiver or tight end in the first round this year. I think I think you, you, you got to do it. I, I think they've – in the last couple of drafts, they have really hit on the later rounds with an exception here and there. They have not hit the home run in the first round since Jamar Chase. Obviously, that's like top five, number five pick. But I think you need to get a guy because if you assume you're losing T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd likely as well. You need someone who defenses can't say we're going to put three guys on Jamar Chase. What and, if what if the Bengals go out and make a play for a guy like Justin Jefferson? Woo! I mean, then you you're not drafting there. See, the reason I guess I'm asking this, Marshall, is they're going to have multiple ways of going out and filling big voids that could be coming up. DJ reader is going to be a void because even if he's re-signs with the Bengals, he's not going to be ready for the start of the season. Right. So you bring up the Justin Jefferson thing. And obviously this is the number one sexy thing that Bengals fans want to hear about because the LSU yeah, reunion, I mean, the two sure. best wide receiver, Tyreek Hill, two of the three best wide receivers in football. Can the Bengals afford him? I think they, you can always make, the, the player you can always make money, but like, can you afford to have Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson all paid and still have a so a defense to be salvable? Here's here's the issue, or here's the explanation for that. How many times have we heard from Zach Taylor when he t- has been asked about his philosophy? It goes back to what he first told the Brown Blackburn family 
uh, when he was hired. He said, I believe in having a franchise quarterback and giving that franchise quarterback the best tools in the world to go out and do his job. Sure. That's what you need. You can't just have Jamar Chase. That won't of, work. Of course. And, and is that I also think, maybe, sorry. No, no. I just say, if you add a player like Justin Jefferson uh, and Jamar Chase, then you're giving Burrow the chance to do his job the way he wants to do it. That's all. Yes. Also, but one of the other reasons, the one of the other things that could help Joe Burrow a ton, and as a guy who's covered the Patriots, you could know you know this as well. It doesn't have to be a Pro Bowl running back back there anymore, but it has to be a combination of a good run blocking offense that can give running backs back there the opportunity to be a threat. So I am so- not of the belief. Uh, Marshall, that Joe Burrow is going to buy into a run game. I just, I, I agree with you. He's, and no I think way. that's a problem. And if Joe Burrow is not going to fully buy in to the way the Browns and the Steelers and the Ravens have won this year, he wants to win his way, what he did at LSU, then you're, you've essentially, you've got to concede to Joe Burrow, right? Because you signed him to a five-year, $275 million extension. That's the way it's going to be. And at least Burrow has proven he could do that. Burrow can, you know, he can win, but you could probably win more. If you, and, you know, Joe Mixon has had a really good career with the Bengals. And I think he gets, I, me personally as well, I've been hard on him at times this year, but He's found ways and there's certain strengths of his game that are stronger than others. And you have, you know, this lightning in a bottle Bengals fans hope in Chase Brown. But it's not just that. The Bengals offense, I think this year, has taken a step up in pass protection. And maybe because they're doing so much more of it than run protection, that the run protection is so weak that the, some of these Bengals running backs aren't getting the opportunities That's why to you go need make the- a play. You need you need uh, make a miss, guys. That's what Chase Brown is. That's of why course. that fourth and one in Pittsburgh. But you got to make a miss three yards out of that back. Uh, not, you can't be get, making a miss in the backfield three times because then you're going to get two yards. Right, make a miss but, four yards onto the run. But the point is, you need, need uh, make a miss, guys, and the yeah. Bengals in the run game just don't have that ex- beyond Chase Brown. Joe Mixon yeah. is a, has been a very good running back this year at times, but he is going to get what's blocked in the words of Brian yes, Callahan. Yes. He's going to get what's blocked, and that's good, but it's not great. And the Bengals need to take that next step if the offense is going to take that next step with Joe Burrow. And offensively, going back to your original question, I think, you know, taking out, if they go get a Justin Jefferson, heck yeah. That blows up the whole plan because now you got some rock stars on offense. But saying you don't get that for whatever reason, he signs in a big market or whatever. Right. Maybe he wants to go to New Orleans or something like who who the heck knows? But I think you gotta prioritize a wide receiver or tight end. And I guess the the tight end market isn't as great this year, but there was, you know, there was the Hudson resurgence later in the year. But how many times and not that Hayden Hurst is an all pro tight end but how many times did they go to him on third down last year and and that sealed the game or helped move the game forward they, they didn't have that option really as much this year i think going back to what you said about getting that joe burrow all of the options he could have i think a stud tight end on this team would make a huge difference 
the reason I think the Bengals are going to play hard this Sunday, by the way, against Cleveland in the season finale, they don't want to go winless in the d- division. Oh, no. And and I think Zach's going to hammer that, that point home this week with the team. This is our chance. Get a winning record. Don't finish with the losing record. Don't finish winless in the AFC North. The AFC North problem is a big, big problem. It's not just a statistic that we like throwing out about them, you know, struggling, or it's just like the one in nine uh, in the first two weeks of the season under Zach Taylor. Those aren't just statistics. They mean something. And Mm -hmm. the Bengals have to address that. They next year have to play better in the AFC North. And I guess what better way, even if it's with backups to go out and, you know, play physical with the Browns and say, yeah, we can do this. Let's carry it over into next year. Do you buy into that in the season finale, even if it's Browns backups? I think that's what they're going to be saying. I think you're right about everything you said, but I'm a Bengals fan. I don't know. Yeah, there's pride and you're playing in the Battle of Ohio, but against Browns back, we're talking about like the fourth Browns quarterback. Yep. Like that. Well, the third string. And the third string quarterback got them to the playoffs. Mason Rudolph got the Pittsburgh Steelers or to at least to the brink of the play. They still may not make it, but Mason Rudolph has given the Steelers at least a chance going into week 18 that you don't have. It's, I think it's a, it's a weird balance, a scary balance right now of, of really the scale is right here. If I was the head coach with, I'm definitely not, I'm not playing any of my starters. I'm giving them the rest of the time off. Let let the guys who are trying to make a roster spot prove themselves for next year. And to me, swallow your pride, get the better pick. Because this game means nothing to either team. Uh, yeah, like morale, sure. But if you go out there and you play your starters and you lose, that could be detrimental this offseason. So I wouldn't I would take it's a lose-lose scenario to me. This yeah, game. okay. No that's a fair outcome. point, Marshall. That's why I have you on. <laughs> I'm anything but fair tracks. <laughs> yeah, th- that is good. By the way, um, everybody watching on YouTube can uh, notice behind me the reimagined uh, Jungle Roar podcast studios. I have switched things around, and uh, you are the first guest in my reimagined look for the Jungle I thought this podcast. was an interior design pod when I came on. I wasn't sure. Yeah, well, the significant <laughs> other whom you know very well uh, is the brains behind what you see behind me. So um, give Debbie a tip of the cap. But uh, she has uh, inspired me to make the office look a little more suitable, uh, especially when uh, hosting fine folks like you on the Jungle War podcast. Anything else you want to add? The fine folk thing. Um, <laughs> no, everything's... Uh, listen, I think this game on Sunday... It's a toast to the season, but as more than anything, oh man, what I wish as a bang if I'm a Bengals fan, I wish this season was over. I think it's a lose lose. Nothing good can come from this game. Yeah, it's a it's a rough game to have to go out and play, but you know what? M- maybe Jamar gets a few uh, few yards, gets going for closer to a thousand. Time. Maybe he, uh, I believe, he has a chance to get to a thousand yards in this one, right? Yeah, I yeah, have to double check. I have to as well, but uh, no, I listen. I get to a hundred catches. I'm sorry. A hundred catches. catches. Yeah. A thousand yards. He broke a while ago. Correct. To, um, I knew what you meant. Uh, this game is lose, lose. Players are playing for incentives and contracts right now to go through them. Who has to get whatever tackle. I'm not sure off the top of my head, but as a Bengals fan, like you either get a worse pick or Hmm. your team is completely deflated because you lost, you went 0 six and you're going up against backups. Yep. Like, 
So that's you hope tough. to win. I guess that's the better of two evils, but then you get a worse. It'll be a fun offseason, tracks. He is Marshall Kramsky. You can follow him on X at Marshall Kramsky, all one word. My name is Mike Petralia. Thanks for watching this episode of the Jungle World Podcast. It is powered, as always, by the great folks at FanDuel Sportsbook, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Networks. For Marshall Kramsky, I'm Mike Petralia. Keep that jungle roaring.